Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. We're back at Stone Cloud. Another hopping night here. It's busy. It is. They've got it's live music. They've, they've got, got us. A, they've got us. Yeah, we've got to start with us. We're here. Right, exactly. Then there's live music. Yes. There's a pop-up food stand again, right. which is a new Tuesday thing. They're mm-hmm. regulars just like us. And then there's regulars here that we see every week. Yeah. And then there's, I think, the political stuff going on, too, because today is everyone should be voting. Exactly. Uh, it's too late for you to vote if you've not voted and you're watching this. That is correct. But uh, you should have voted today. That's exactly I'll right. I'll just say that. You should got have some, voted. Got some dogs here, too. Lots yeah. of them. Lots of dogs. Dog-friendly place. Lots going on. The garage doors open in it front is. of us, How letting all the wonderful weather in. This is great. It's an amazing night here at Stone Cloud. If you're, if you're not here right now, you're missing out. So, sorry. Hmm. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump into it. We will, uh, of course, take a brief look back at the Kansas game, look ahead to Iowa State, blackout game coming up. That's always uh, an intriguing thing, always yeah. lots of fun, even though it's a 230, 2.30 game. As night always. game would be much better blacked right. out. but worked out know. much better for Bedlam last year. OSU doesn't play night games in the Big 12 <laughs> Conference, right. if you haven't heard. So. Yeah, not happening this year. All right, we'll get into all of that. We'll get into uh, all the regular stuff, take you behind the scenes of our, our visit with the players today. But we got to start with uh, what you drinking there, Jacob? I am drinking the Havana Affair. Havana I Affair. I went very simple, very good though. Pilsner. It is good today. It's a good beer, a good strong beer, on a day that uh, feels like just a good strong day to have a just a, a nice right. beer. Can't beat it. That is really good stuff. I am not. This is not my beer, of course. Oh, that's right. As always, this beer belongs to Evan Troy. A two-time winner of the score prediction contest. Oh, yeah, he was the contest. OG winner. He was the original. Right from the start, Evan's been with us. I think he's predicted a score every week. This is yeah. his second time getting it right. He had Kansas winning 35-31, overestimated the Cowboy offense a little bit, yeah. but otherwise yeah. uh, pretty close right there in uh, in the ballpark. So for Evan, I am drinking Holt My Beer in honor of Evan and Election Day. Yeah, Mayor Holt's not up for election. Mayor, no, City. Mayor Holt, no, no votes for he Mayor He already Holt. won his election recently. I exactly. Pretty, not, you know. In the last year, right? A uh, so, couple years now. couple years. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah. Time so, flies. Anyway. It, it, and listen, if he was up for election right now, this beer would go a long way. Yeah. This yeah. would be a, a very strong It's a really good strategy. beer. We, we've had, you know, I, I had that a few weeks back. Now right. you get to enjoy it. It's it's a it's a really strong beer. Really good stuff. So uh, to Evan and to, uh, to Oklahoma City's Mayor Holt, uh, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. Well... Uh, we also need to point out, we want our listeners and our viewers on YouTube to go check out the Cowboy Sports Minute on Oklahoma.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. Get all the good Oklahoma State updates that you're looking for. Of course, we're crossing over now into basketball season, which has, has begun. Wrestling's not too far away. And then, of course, you got all the spring sports up ahead uh, You know, in a, in a few more months. So Time is flying by. It really is. It's, it's buzzing right through. And lots of news and information in the Cowboy Sports Minute, so go subscribe to that as well. All right, is that uh, that's about everything to uh, to set the table for I this, so, uh, this yeah. wonderful podcast. The table is set. The table is set. So we'll we'll jump in. Uh, one last thought on Kansas because we covered most of it in our post game podcast as we mm. always do. But anything that that is still looming, still hanging out there. Did we did we really talk about the pass rush? Not being not, there. Not a lot. Now, not granted, lot. Kansas didn't throw the ball a bunch. Right. They didn't have to. But this is the few weeks now the pass rush has not been up to OSU standards. Right. And so I think that's concerning their inability not to sack the quarterback per se, but to get there. Just getting there. They're, they're just not getting there. They're not getting any kind of pressure, and that's concerning. Um, it's something they're focusing on this week, too. Um Along with stopping the run, the primary focus is stopping the run now. Right. But because they, they, the pass rush can't be there if you can't stop the run. Right. So, exactly. Um, I think that's the focus. And so that, that still sticks in my mind. Yeah. And, and as part of 
the, the pass rush struggling, the defensive line had been really strong in tackles for loss, making a mm-hmm. lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Mason Cobb was, was getting freed up to make a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Those numbers have tumbled as well along with this you know going back going into the texas game which seems like an eternity ago it does seem like eternity ago oklahoma state was top 20 in those two categories sacks and tackles for loss and and those have have faded hard in the last two weeks and i and i think that's not i don't want to say that it's a major factor but it's certainly an important Mm -hmm. piece of why the last two weeks have gone the way that they have they need they need that defensive line to be impactful, and it just doesn't feel like those guys yeah. are, are making the impactful type of plays that we were seeing from them, not just last year, but early this season. Which is strange, considering it's mostly the same guys. Right. It's not. There's not a ton of new faces or inexperienced faces there. That v- defensive line still guys that played a lot last year. Yeah. That were so good. Yeah. So it is. I, it's baffling. It's it, it's really strange, and 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 the weird thing is, okay, so injuries have been a topic for weeks now. But it's almost all been on the offensive side. Now the defensive line, mm-hmm. had, they, they started struggling. Now they're getting hit by injuries. Yeah. And now things get a little bit nerve-wracking. Tyler Lacey was only able to play 19 snaps against Kansas. Maybe they, maybe they bailed on it early just to protect him. But still, they need more than that out mm-hmm. of him. Colin Oliver played 21 snaps. Uh, you know, that's, uh, they, they need him on the field more than that. That's not a, that wasn't a health issue, I don't think. Yeah. But they need, they need more out of him. Uh, Trace Ford, I, I want to say it was nine snaps. Mm. It was it was less than fifteen. I know. I don't remember exactly the number. He got now. hurt in the second quarter, right? It second, but it was kind of late. Quarter though. injury, but yeah, middle middle played, second quarter. Hadn't played a ton up until yeah. up until that point. And you know, I've talked about this on this podcast. He had really come in uh, back into form. Mm-hmm. You know, you started seeing some glimpses of it there, like the Arizona State game, second game of the season. Then it just it just kept growing. And he was really looking like himself again by about third or fourth week of the year and was really making a, a big impact, batting down balls at the line of scrimmage, which he has that crazy knack for doing, all those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, if this ends up being a long-term injury with him, that's, that's a, a, a damaging thing. You're looking at, at Ben Kapinski, who's been really solid. Yeah. But you're asking a lot more of, yeah. of him as well. So it's, a, you know, and, and, and Brandon Evers – Though his numbers weren't necessarily great, he was an experienced guy in the middle that could eat up some blockers mm-hmm. and, and help guys out behind him. And, th- and they don't have that, uh, that level of experience at the defensive tackle spot right now. And so you start piling all of those up, and it gets kind of scary for what this defensive line is facing going forward. Yeah. Um, as far as looking back at Kansas, from uh, from my perspective, I, I, I can't think of anything that uh, that jumps out that I don't want to talk about later. Uh, right. For instance, um, I, uh, Preston Wilson had some fascinating stuff that we talked about tonight that I'll get into. Colin Oliver had fascinating stuff, too. I was trying right. to save some of that for yeah, later, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Langston Anderson uh, as well. And then Cam Smith was the fourth guy that we got to talk to, so we'll we'll share some of that here in, in just a little bit as we go behind the scenes of, of post-practice tonight. That said, we look ahead to a game against Iowa State. Um, you know, last Saturday afternoon, I felt I felt like even with even if Oklahoma State is going forward without Spencer Sanders for another week, you know, still dealing with the injuries that they're dealing with, I felt this was a game that they could go scratch out enough points mm-hmm. to win because the Iowa State offense had been miserably bad. And then they scored thirty-one. They scored thirty-one on West Virginia, yeah. which is—I mean, West Virginia is not a world. It was a home defense, game against West Virginia, right. you know. But that—I t- did not see that type of number no. coming from this Iowa State offense. So, to see them go be that productive in a Big Twelve game makes you a little bit more nervous about what's ahead for this Cowboy team on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I don't—I can't get a read on this because it right. just seems like. It's all defense, no offense, and then that throws you know, like I said, it throws a wrench. And I, right. I the way the defense have been playing for OSU right now, I, I how much faith do you have they can really stop a team right now? Right. And it's weird to say that. It feels very strange. It's I've never had to say that as long as I've been covering the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I still think I lean OSU's figuring out a way. Um but they've got to figure out a way to score because you and I were talking earlier. I think it's going to take at least 
you know, Iowa State gives up, what, 16.3 points a game. Right. I think it's going to take three touchdowns for OSU to win this game. It, it, it might. Three touchdown issues, you know, the yeah. score-wise. Right. They're going to have to get to 20-21, I yeah. think, to win this They're gonna game. They're going to be in that, in that neighborhood and play well on defense. Yeah. And, and that – the way things feel right now off of the last two games mm. feels like you're asking a lot of yeah. this team. So it's – it's a really weird scenario to be in based on the things that we were saying mm-hmm. two weeks ago sitting here recording this podcast the Tuesday after the Texas game. When you're looking at, feels like most of their toughest games are behind them. Yeah. Kind of a, uh, a, a, you know, you had Kansas State coming up, but it wasn't terribly scary. Right. Kansas was falling off. Iowa State looked like nothing at that point. West Virginia looked like nothing at that point. Oh, you struggled. Oh, you was a mess. And it felt like they were going to be able to kind of cruise through the last portion of their schedule and into the Big 12 title game. And, and they fallen on their the face. bottom fell out. Posing the question that Barry Trammell so eloquently posed to Mike <laughs> Gundy on Monday, what the hell happened? I, I wish I knew. Right? I've never seen anything like this where you see a team that's literally number eight in the country. Right. They're the eighth-ranked team in the country. They just came back to beat Texas, and nothing has gone right since. Literally nothing has gone right. And, like, they just fell apart. I've, I've never seen a team just the bottom falls out so drastically. Right. And then they're floundering, and they can't figure it out. It just felt like last week was a continuation of the struggles with Kansas State, and they couldn't figure out how to stop it. Right. Um. You know, that keeps carrying over. I mean, they're toast. But right. the sense I got tonight is they feel a little bit more fired up and motivated. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And I, I, I think that's going to factor into it. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a, a piece of the puzzle we should go ahead and address. Because everybody wants to know, is Spencer Sanders going to play? We have no idea. No clue. It's My gun is keeping it completely in the dark yeah. at this point. He got directly asked, do you expect... Spencer to play again at some point this yeah. season. Wouldn't Shut down that question. Yeah. So there's a lot of unknown at this point. Then you factor in the the redshirt status of Garrett Rangel. Yeah. He's played in two games, can play in two more and still redshirt. How much do you push that issue? You know, at, at some point, it, it it's, yes, it's about winning games, but it's also taking care of yourself for the future. You've got to weigh that in. At some point, whether which regardless of which side of the issue you come down on, whether you decide to go ahead and burn the red shirt and play him or not, you've, you've got to weigh that option and see how that plays into what's best for your program. You know, Mike Gundy told us on Monday after the press conference he didn't want to play Mason Rudolph his freshman year. Right, those, yeah. Those, those last three games at the end of, of, of that season. They did. I think it helped. I Mason said he was going to play. Right. Exactly. Didn't Mason insist to play? It, that's that's the way it sounded. Gundy I, said. I, I assume. I assume now that there were others on Mason's side. In right. That, yeah. In that debate, but Gundy did not want to play him at that. Yeah. Point. No. So that's going to come, become a factor at some point, unless Spencer's able to come back and, and finish this season. So. You know, and and we're uh, we're at a, we're at an interesting point in the season now where you've got. Most likely, three regular season games. So we're going to have to bring up. We're going to have to discuss the Big Twelve Championship and the mathematical possibilities yes. of, of that still being out there. But still there. Three regular season games and a bowl game. Now, guys that haven't played at all to this point can can come out and play and and play four games and, and maintain a red shirt. Guys that are guys that are red shirt eligible at this point. Yeah. There aren't a lot because a lot of the guys that they wanted to play have played in right. at least a game. So. But there are some other guys like uh, you know we've been waiting to see what was going to happen with Blaine Green, the tight end yeah. who's been who's been injured all through the, through the season to this point. Now, if he gets if he gets healthy with that wrist injury, he's able to come back and, mm-hmm. and play. Jaden Bray has only played in one game to this point. You imagine he's going to get back at, at some point. They've still got redshirt capabilities with him. So yeah. There's a, a lot out there that that you have to uh, got a lot of juggling to mm-hmm. go on at this point. So, I kind of got sidetracked there. But uh, here's here's my answer on Spencer. Yeah, my gut says he does not play this week. I feel that way as well. It's my gut, mm-hmm. pure gut. Yeah, speculation. Um, he was not at practice today. 
I, I didn't see him. I don't think it was his grandfather died, which right. condolences to the Sanders family. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine, you know, he was not there today. Um, right. That's not going to factor into it. Spitzer can miss a practice and still play on right, Saturday. Exactly. But, uh, you know, so I'm just saying we, we didn't see him at all today. Right. So, so no word as to whether he's walking around in a sling or yeah. uh, in pads or any yeah. of it. It's a, a family situation that, yes. that he was tending to, we, we assume, at this yeah. point. So, and that said, I, I think this offense has to feel somewhat comfortable with what Garrett Rangel did, and mm-hmm. we talked about, a lot that, about that a lot in postgame, in the postgame podcast. But the rebound that he made after the two early interceptions – cruising through the middle stretch of that game mm-hmm. was was really solid. Uh, after the after the second pick, he completes 17 of the next 22 throws. They go score a couple of touchdowns. The offense looked not great, but better than it had in the Yeah, in a long and, time. I, and I think the not great was, you know, they, they pulled Dominic Richardson early. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have a full receiver group out there. So I think that factored a little bit in the not great aspect of it. Right. I think otherwise, I think it looked close to normal. Yeah, I would agree. They just got no help from the defense. That's and true. so, you know, I think, I think uh, that's a good sign moving forward. And I think OSU has a lot of confidence in Rangel moving forward. Yeah, I think what they got out of him as a true freshman in his first start is very encouraging. And I know, I know a lot of fans, uh, or at least uh, a vocal minority of fans bail on him quickly after the two picks. But I think long-term, I think this guy showed a lot of promise for what he's capable of, not just this year, but, but beyond. And, and, and Mike was, Gundy was never going to pull Rangel after the first two picks. It's not fair. No. Not fair to any quarterback. It's not fair and it's dangerous. Yeah. You bail on him that quick and you stunt his confidence right off the bat. Yeah. And who knows what happens to him from he that He wouldn't point. have done it to – a fourth-year guy that's making his first start. No, he would have left him in there. You got, he's got to have a chance to figure it out. Yeah, and he did. And he did. He, he so. looked. He looked much better. And you know, like we talked about on the post game, he got into a situation late where he's just trying to make a play, and ball gets batted and gets picked off. So he had uh, he had really reined things in from that point mm-hmm. and, and was making some good throws. Had some miscommunication issues, which you expect from a, a guy who's. Uh, you know, been a, a backup all season and is making his first start. And he's playing with, with receivers that were backups as mm-hmm. well. Langston Anderson had not caught a pass since sep- September of 2019. Yeah, the second game that season. Exactly. So, McNeese yeah. State. It's one of the first games I covered on the beat. Yeah, yeah exactly. I remember that. Yeah, so. Wild. It's, uh, they were dealing with a lot of issues and overcame a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most impressive thing, I think, that, yeah. that came out of it in my mind. So, all right. Well, let's uh, we'll talk Big Twelve title game and, and address that looming thing. Well, we'll save that for the bowl conversation later. Yeah, yeah. We want to get into the bowls, but uh, let's uh, let's take the folks behind the scenes of yeah. Tuesday night post practice. I mentioned the guys that we that we got to talk to. You visited with Colin Oliver, and I didn't get to. I feel a little sad. Yeah, because Colin is always Colin's a lot great. Of fun to talk to. He's fun. Um, here's what I learned, mm-hmm. quick off the bat. They're fired up. They're ready to throw on some pads, some deodorant, and get on the field. And hit some guys. All right. And I think they feel really good about where the direction was today. He said uh-huh. today, Tuesday, it was one of the best practices they've had in a while. Very vocal. Lots of yelling. Lots of – in a good way. He said it wasn't negative. It was, they weren't bickering at each other. It was lots of yelling, getting guys fired up, getting things going in the right direction, he felt like, which I thought was huge um, because I think – he didn't say, but it felt like there was a little bit of some – Fire gone, you know. Mike and Mike Gunny talked about yesterday. He thought the players were fatigued on defense. Right. The the technology they used in the shoulder pads said they were slower, um, things like that. And you got the sense that Collins like we're, they're fired up, they're tired of this. Um, he kept saying, "We know we're not this bad. We know this is not the level we should be playing at, and they're going to fix it." He is a uh, he is a key piece of this because, as I mentioned. Only 21 snaps from him. They're going to need more production out of him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He's a, an important piece, and I think that you know it's been it's been a rough season for him because people know who he is now, mm-hmm. and and that has changed the dynamic. But they're going to need him to be an impact guy, not just this week, but Bedlam in two weeks, yeah. West Virginia, 
to give them an opportunity to get to, to get this defense back on track the yeah. way that they they wanted to go. And he's and, he, and I asked him about the pass rush specifically. Yeah. I said, you know, what what's the issue? What, what are you guys doing to fix it? He said it all starts with stopping the run. He said you can't have a pass rush if you can't stop the run because they're not going to throw the ball. Right. Do things like that. They're not getting off their their blocks well enough, off the blockers well enough. They're not getting the release. They're not doing things they need to do to stop the run to help them in the pass rush. And that's what he, he said they're focusing primarily this week on stopping the run that leads to other things. Yeah. And that's that's going to be critical. Yeah. A lot of guys are going to have to play a lot more snaps, assuming that Tyler Lacey is, is limited in some form. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe he's fine. I don't they expect go, Trace Ford's going to play. It doesn't doesn't feel like that. Uh, obviously, that was a scary situation, yeah. him going down, grabbing his knee, then appearing on crutches on the sidelines. That's a, uh, a, a scary situation for a guy that's had a couple of ACLs and yeah. had knee, knee problems in his past. We don't know what the injury is at this point, but uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll mm-hmm. see what comes about with that. But if you're without him for the rest of the season, that, like I mentioned, it's Ben Kapinski is more Kipinski, involved. Yep. Walter um, Scheid. Walter Scheid, Nathan Latou, who, who Latou, they were using, they, he didn't play a ton. But they started using him in in the speed rush package yeah. on third downs, playing him as a as an interior guy alongside Lacey, which I thought was interesting, and could be a, a, a unique development to watch as yeah. they're trying to do some different things with that pass rush. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, you also got to visit with Preston Wilson. Uh, I yeah. did too, but we, we both did. Yes. Yeah. You know, I started there and just kind of asked about. Um, he was talking about the run game when I first walked up, but then you know I asked about just what he thought at Rangel mm-hmm. and. Um, he said he was really good, was really poised, was really impressed with the way he responded to things, the way he responded after the interceptions. He got defensive on the interception part a little bit that I asked. Yeah, that was did. not what I was asking. I was just asking how he responded after that and what he saw because it looked good. And he said, well, the interceptions were not entirely on Garrett. There's a lot of things. The offensive lineman missed, made and missed a block. There was different things like that. Or the receiver's routes were a little off, things like that. Got defensive there. I don't blame Preston because, as we found out in this conversation, Preston is very defensive of quarterbacks. Very protective. Physically, emotionally, mentally, yeah. emotionally, everything. Preston is the bodyguard. Literally, he's the bodyguard of the yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. That was that was my uh, my my favorite development out, yes. of, out of all of this. Uh, credit to Marshall Scott of Pistols Firing for, for tweeting out the information about he noticed Preston immediately finding the quarterbacks and helping them get off the field. And so I, I asked Preston about it, and he told the story that, you know, he felt like they were going to rush the field, so he went immediately and started talking to guys, explained to him what was going to happen. Yeah. So game ends, he realizes it's coming, goes over and gets Spencer over by the cops is what yeah. <laughs> his description, <laughs> where he was safe, immediately goes back to the field to, to find Garrett Rangel, yeah. get him off the field. So he, he, called, he said he's the quarterback, he's valuable. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that's a – an excellent way to describe your quarterback. He's yeah. the valuable guy. Right. Don't let him get hurt. <laughs> I was also very impressed in, in in listening to Preston talk about his level of communication. It sounds like just with the quarterback in general, yeah. but especially last week in dealing with Rangel, it's, making sure it that sure seemed like everywhere Garrett turned, Preston's right there. Right. Exactly. How you doing? Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. You doing okay? Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> How you feel? <laughs> you know, it's just, that's exactly how it felt. It felt like every corner. He right. walked around the corner of the hotel. There's Preston Wilson standing. Yes. What's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it felt. And uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was, it was really entertaining. It was a, a cute little dog is, is walking yeah. through uh, right by us. Uh, that's always fun. <laughs> this is, uh, I love this place. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to uh, – uh, but, yes, it, it, Preston's level of communication with his quarterback – and I understand, yes, they're the center. And as he pointed out, the guy's got his hands under your butt. <laughs> I, I almost made a comment, well, thank God that's a lot of shotgun formations, right? Right, right. It's yeah. not, you know, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. <laughs> but he really seemed to be going out of his way to make sure that that line of communication was open, mm-hmm. that they made sure that they were making things as comfortable as possible for Garrett, and that, that Garrett was aware of, that he could voice his concerns to Preston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that was probably very important for, for Garrett. We obviously don't get to talk to him because he's a first-year player and, and they're off limits at this point. But I think that had to be highly valuable for a guy coming in and, I mean, 
as a true freshman being thrown into that situation mid you know mid season middle of a week you take over and you've got to be the guy in charge all of a sudden yeah to have somebody like that that is communicating with you that way has to be very important so I was I was really impressed by that from from talking to Preston I I asked him about the the fourth down fumbled snap when yes. they went under center his take was interesting I didn't expect that I I you know it it looked like a moment where a true freshman just just got a little bit hurried and and mm-hmm. maybe panicked a little bit in that situation doing something he hadn't done in in his career at that point in a game and and maybe you know maybe step back a little too quick got his hands out a little too quick whatever it was Preston said the whole play felt rushed yeah felt like they were treating it like a turbo a, t- a t- tempo up tempo play when it didn't need to be and he said that was a, a, a learning moment for for them as an offense and and he and and Garrett specifically to understand all right let's make sure we're calm as we go into the situation yeah. because we need to make sure we operate yeah very effectively. you could you could go turbo with Spencer right right but in that situation he's right they needed to slow down yeah and so he felt that was um, you know something that led to that fumble on fourth down that that obviously as he mentioned you go score there changes the dynamic of the game mm. who knows what happens from that point but he guarantees it's not going to happen again they're going to be prepared yeah. the next time this uh, this situation arises so really important development right there as well so Anything else from from Preston Wilson? That no, you, I think uh, that was talk- pretty good. Um, yeah. And you talked with Langston Anderson. I did, which I didn't get over to him or Cam Smith. So mm-hmm. you talked to both of them. Langston was uh, was a lot of fun. He uh, he we, we went back deep into his injury history. The the you know he's broken a bone in his foot twice in the previous mm-hmm. two seasons. Had to rehab through them both. Talked about you know the frustrations that come with that and having to work your way back. Uh, he, he took us through the the incident when he actually broke the foot last year in the Missouri State pregame. Hmm. Said it was a complete freak accident. It, was, it wasn't even really an accident. Just it just it something just happened. He was he caught a pass in warmups. He said literally like ten minutes before the game started. Wow. Caught a pass, and as he was slowing down, felt something pop. But he said his adrenaline was was going like crazy. Didn't think anything about it. But about five minutes later, he was calming down, and all of a sudden realized, okay, I got some serious pain going on right here. Huh? They go and get it checked out and, and find out that he had broken his foot. So, uh, you know, this was a, a, a really big get in recruiting when they landed this guy late in that class in uh, the 2019 class. And obviously, he redshirted in 2019. Injuries in 20 and 21. And, you know, he's dealt with some injuries this year. He hasn't suited up for over half of the games this season. Yeah. Been on the road the last two weeks when they're dealing with some other injuries. So him getting healthy at this time has been has been ideal for them because they're dealing with some other injuries. And, you know, I pointed it out before the game started on Saturday. They only had four outside receivers on the trip. Now, mm-hmm. Kale Cavanis is a guy that's played outside some. Right. He's, they moved him into a slot now. Uh, but they only had four guys. Langston's backing up Stephon Johnson Jr., who he's had a couple of drops in the last yeah. uh, last couple of games, had some other issues, and so it felt like they wanted to maybe see what Langston can do. Comes out and has three catches for 61 yards. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Yeah, he did. There was one miscommunication, but it's hard yeah. to know if that was him or, or Rangel, mm-hmm. uh, where he kept going. Rangel thought he was stopping, and they threw it way behind him. But other than that, really solid, um, you know, caught the ball when he had the opportunity when they needed him to and like you said first catch since september of 2019 so here's how many how many years of eligibility does langston have left like four um let's see he's red shirt red shirt junior plus a COVID year so uh, two uh, only two more after this two more okay it just seems like should, he should it should have four with yeah, all the he injuries like, he's yeah i mean i feel like he should just be able to be here as long as he wants at this point right exactly which could be beneficial for us you just have two more years with him right he's talented yeah so yeah absolutely so it was uh, he's a he's a really uh, I don't know I can't think of a good word to describe his personality but he just seems like a happy dude. That's good and pretty laid back. He should be happy now. He's getting on the field right. and making some catches. Exactly. He talked about the fact that you know being a backup receiver, he and Garrett have actually 
worked together quite oh. a bit. You know, going back to spring ball, mm-hmm. fall camp, over the summer, all of that. So he felt some comfort with Garrett that maybe other guys didn't necessarily hmm. didn't necessarily feel because he had been working with the twos and the threes most yeah. of uh, of the season. So he he felt that that helped him hmm. ease in a little bit better and and it probably hmm. helped Garrett as well to see a, yeah. a familiar face out there. So what about Cam, what Cam say? Cam was uh, Cam was a good dude. He obviously. I mean, I brought this up in, in asking him the question. Like, a month and a half ago, he was a third-string corner, probably playing some special teams. I yeah, don't even remember. sure he probably was. That was it. Like, there was no real concern when he showed up on game day of, of getting in and playing cornerback. And he's played a ton since that Texas Tech game when Corey Black and DeMarco Jones both got hurt within, seemed like, the first, like, five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it actually it's was. It's pretty quick. It was really early. He played a ton of snaps that day and has been a regular in the lineup ever since because especially when they've moved Jabbar Muhammad in to, to take that Thomas Harper spot at the nickel safety, Cam has been the guy. Basically, basically they feel more comfortable with, with Cam Smith being on the field than, than whoever is the backup to Thomas Harper. Yeah. Which whoever they would go with there is a less experienced guy. Than, than Cam is, and so yep. bringing him in, moving Jabbar inside, has made them more comfortable yep. with the five that they're putting on and the I don't, field. And I don't think they want Shawn Michael Flanagan and Kendall Daniels and right. Jason Taylor, all three there. You, you need a cover right. guy there. There's yeah, not, you a, need, you need there's a, not a coverage cover. safety there. Right. Uh, a nickel guy, yeah. as you will. And so that's that's what it is, I think, right there. I think right. in an ideal world, when you think of the depth chart, you put those three together, but I think that – leaves some coverage to be desired right exactly you you've got to have a i mean we've talked about this before but um you know tanner McAllister was a corner first Mm -hmm. came in and started playing that spot thomas harper was a corner first came in and started playing that spot. christian holmes played that spot a little bit yeah exactly so they've done things with guys who are naturally cornerbacks in that spot because they feel more comfortable with Mm -hmm. the with what they're asking them to do is in, in coverage and jabbar seems to fit that that mold pretty well maybe that's something if they if you know Cam or Demarco Jones or somebody else continues to develop in the future, yeah, maybe that's a move they make more permanently yeah. at some point. But Jabbar's been really good at corner, so yeah, it's hard to it's hard to hard to make that change. Yeah, as well. that's tough. Jabbar ended up with seven tackles on on uh, Saturday, which for a corner the, that's asking a lot to come yeah. up in, in in run stop all of those things. So pretty, he's been pretty solid, I think, when they've asked him to move. Mike Gundy mm. did point out they'd really like to not have to be making yeah, play they, two positions. Yeah. But, he said it's not fair to Jabbar, which right. I agree. I agree with it's that tough. as well. Yeah. But so Cam talked about, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, he, he said that he's always the type who thinks about, I might need to play today. Mm. So he was preparing mentally, paying attention to the game, still invested yeah. the way that he needed to be before Corey and DeMarco got hurt that day. So mentally he was in the game and he was ready to go play. Obviously getting on the field dealt with the nerves and the butterflies and all of those things and that's that sort of stuff has calmed down as he's played more and more but he's definitely appreciative of the opportunity that has come along and and feels like he's doing his best to uh, to take advantage of it so really good kid I'm pretty sure this is the first time he's done interviews at Oklahoma State he's obviously a redshirt freshman I haven't I've never talked to him I don't I don't remember any time that and like I said, I mean, a month and a half ago, he was third string. Yeah. So I can't imagine that anybody yeah. would have requested an interview with him prior to yeah. this week. So it was welcome uh, to the show, Cam. exactly. Welcome to the show. It was uh, really good, really well spoken, fun to talk to. So really enjoyed that as well. So anything else from from Tuesday night? No, that, I think uh, that I think we covered I think it all. We covered it all, all four pretty of them. well. Uh, let's uh, let's dive into. Uh, we mentioned we got to talk about the Big Twelve championship game. Because it feels so weird to say it after the way things have gone the last two weeks. They can still get there. It is still not just mathematically possible. I mean, it's not crazy. No. It's not some some ridiculous scenario we're, that has to happen. Yeah, we're not pulling this out of, air, out of thin air thing. Right. We, we could get this. Yeah. You know, it's... This is not like me in July when the Cubs are 18 <laughs> out and I'm counting them up. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I if think... this happens, this happens. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, this isn't that type of scenario. Now... The toughest part of this is they've got to win out. Yeah. And based on what's happened in the last two weeks, it's hard to sit here and say they can go win out. 
But these are all going to be winnable games. These are all mm -hmm. going to be tightly contested games that they should be in. So with that, you would think that there's at least the possibility that they could go win out. Yeah. Then, you know, they've already got tiebreakers over Baylor and Texas. All the teams ahead of them are, are playing against each other in, in different, you know, different uh, matchups. So those teams are they're going to be teams ahead of them losing and falling yeah. back to them. Excuse me. And so it's it's not a ridiculous scenario to sit no. here and say they could be in Arlington a month from now. If Texas beats TCU this week. Right. And then but Baylor hasn't played TCU has not played Texas and Baylor. Right. Baylor has not played Kansas State, right? I think that's right. Baylor or Texas. Texas has got to play too. And so yeah, like they start, you know, and they suddenly OSU wins out. And they would only need Kansas to lose once. Kansas needs to lose once. Kansas State needs to lose once. Uh, or tw twice. They well, lose twice. There's a scenario where they can end up in a three-way tie that o OSU would be would have the advantage okay. over them. But it's, that gets it, complicated. That gets complicated. Mathematically, they need them to lose yeah. twice to jump and them. So Kansas, Kansas State, State still has Baylor. Right? I, I can't remember all the schedule at this Kansas point. Kansas State may be the problem here. Right. That's that's the most difficult one. Kansas though, they got to play Kansas. Right, they do. So, yeah, I mean it's it's not this far fetched thing of what we're saying. There's still a chance, like the Jim right. Carrey. You're saying there's a chance, <laughs> right? But there really is a legitimate chance here because yeah. I could see OSU doing this. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I mean, how wild would that be? These are their their three easiest Big Twelve opponents that yes. are left. These are the three Which worst is weird teams saying that with Bedlam being in there. <laughs> right. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And it's at OU, which is yeah. not great. That's but a house of horrors for, yeah. for OSU. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it happens. It's not. It's not. How crazy would that not be? Not crazy. It would, uh, it would be pretty wild. if they You know what the benefit of that happening would be? What's that? We get an extra week here for a podcast. Oh, we don't we just get to come the rest of our lives? Well, I, mean, I guess we do. Every Tuesday night? There's I mean, we can leave the game. iPad at home, just uh, yeah. not record anything. Well, that's true. That's tr We could do that, but there's yeah. an extra podcast here. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, all right, with that, I want to transition to uh, what I wrote about for, was that today's paper? Yes. The last two days have been a blur with all yes. the basketball and football yeah, and everything going nuts. on. Uh, so today's paper, Tuesday's paper, I wrote about all the, uh, the bowl possibilities, and... Essentially, anything other than the playoff is on the table. The full, the full scale, from yeah. the Sugar Bowl to the First Responders Bowl, it's all a possibility for this Oklahoma State team right now, depending on what direction wow. the season goes. So I'm bringing back an old segment. Back in 2018, I, I, I came up with a segment for the podcast back when Nathan Ruiz was was my okay. beat partner. Did I do this podcast? Did I do this segment? Did I don't do think we okay. ever did. I don't think okay. we ever brought this back after that. Okay. Uh, I called it "Give Me Liberty" or "Give Me Cheez-Its." <laughs> yeah, we did not do this one. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was our uh, our bowl projection podcast or uh, a segment for the podcast. So, let me ask you first. We got so we got Sugar Bowl. If you go win the Big Twelve, yeah, is a possibility. It's on the table. Or you get there and you play TCU, and TCU wins and gets in the playoff. They go in the playoff. Yeah, You're, you you got to still be in the top eleven at that point. Four loss team in the top eleven might be a little shaky. Yeah, but it's it's a possibility. And Alamo, um, the Cheez It Bowl, the Texas Bowl in Houston, the Liberty Bowl, and the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I think I don't see Oklahoma State falling no. below that down to unless they just lose the next three games. Right. If they lose out, then they're you know they've got their bowl eligibility locked in already at this point. Yeah. If they lose out, they're going to be in a bowl somewhere. Probably could be one of those, which are at Dallas at SMU's stadium and at Fort Worth at TCU's stadium. Mm -hmm. Two places I don't think that Oklahoma State probably wants to go for bowl season. Do they decline them? Do they just say we're going to stay home? I don't think probably so. Probably not. No. You, then you're turning down those 15 extra practices. Yeah. I don't think you turn down that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So you got all those possibilities. I want to know first, where would you like to go? You personally, not Oklahoma State, Cowboys. If you if you, if it's your your choice, what bowl would you like to end up at? Well, since Fiesta Bowl is off the table, it is yes, which is unfortunate. That's too bad because that's my pick. Um, 
you know, I think I think I'd have to go. I mean, Sugar Bowl would be ideal because mm-hmm. then you got a good game, a good team again, right? Things like that. Um, New Year's Six Bowl. A New Year's Six Bowl. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I want to go to New Orleans. I can always hang out in New Orleans. Right. I still lean towards the Liberty. That's solid. I'm not going to argue with Al- that. I, uh, hold on. Alamo Bowl, I think, then Liberty. Okay. Because I think Alamo Bowl is going to be a good matchup, too, mm-hmm. and a good game. And San Antonio, I haven't been in San Antonio in decades, so it would be yeah. fun to go there. Um, but I'm not going to complain if it's Liberty. But I think I'll go Alamo because of the matchups you get there. You get mm-hmm. the Pac-12 team, right. a good game. Yep. I think that's riling uh, a little bit. That's all good. Not disagreeing with any of that. The guaranteed rate bowl, which is back in Phoenix. Oh, well, that's true. It's at, it's at at Chase Bank or at, at, at Chase Field. Yeah, where the play. That's true. Which I've never I've never covered a football game in a baseball yeah. stadium. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Forgot about that one. That's a that's an intriguing one. I'm a big fan of of Memphis for all the other stuff. Yeah, the, the stadium's not great. The game is eh. Central Barbecue, everything like right. that. Yeah, lots of stuff to do in Memphis as far as as um, you know, Sun Records facility the tour there the civil rights museum all those sorts of things that you can go and, and do in memphis make that week amazing i i love san antonio so i'm i'm fully on board there as well so but now if i if i pose the question gut feeling right now this very moment where do you think oklahoma state ends up what is your answer i think memphis i do too i don't i i I think they're going to end up in Memphis. There's a there's a lot of moving parts that are going to be involved, but I think that's yeah. where this team ends up. I think that's about the uh, the spot in the pecking order that they fall to. So we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll uh, we'll keep this segment going throughout the podcast as it becomes a little easier to try yeah. to project from week to week. So yeah, I think Lib- I think Liberty. I think that's a uh, that's a fair assessment. All right, is it time for the so It's time six for the six-pack. We're going right. a little longer today, so we let's get the six-pack going. To, yeah, we need, to, we need to wrap this up. We're uh, asking a lot of our listeners at this point. Yeah, we so, appreciate you hanging around. We do. We appreciate you very much. All right, so the three football items for the Stone Cloud six-pack awesome. today. I'm, I'm ready. I did my homework. We got one over under, two true-false. I was always okay. way better at true-false. Okay, okay. First one, over or under 16.3 points for Oklahoma State, as, as we mentioned earlier. I'm taking the over. Going over? I'm going over. All right. That's what Iowa State is allowing per game oh, on yeah. the season, 16.3. You're going over? I'm going over. I believe in Garrett Rangel and company. All right. That's also what I think is going to play quarterback. I'm with you uh, on on all counts. Yeah. I Sometimes I'll just disagree with you just for right. the fun of it. I'm, I'm with you on We've done one. that before in picks in high school. We were doing oh, yeah. high school predictions and right. stuff on stuff. Yeah. Did opposites just to be opposite yeah. on some things. But, yeah, yeah no, this, I just feel like OSU's going to figure I, some things out this I, week. I feel like they are, too. I feel like, well, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I think yeah. they uh, they move in the right direction offensively, get over that 16.3. <laughs> Next one in the Stone Cloud six-pack, true or false, Oklahoma State will have a rusher over 60 yards. They true. Did not, they did not do this last week. True. Going true? I think, Rich, I think Dominic's going to play the whole game this time. Okay. I can see that. He definitely would have got so, there last yeah. week. Ended up in the, in the 50s. He had 50-some-odd yards yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I think I'm going to go true. I think right. they figured that out a little bit more than they were able to show last week. They got behind and had to start throwing too much. Right. I'm, I'm going false on this one. Okay. I think they spread the wealth. I think they realize the need to protect Dominic a little bit, so I think they don't go crazy with him. Yeah. Until maybe late, if they you know need to go mm-hmm. ice a game, something like that. But I think that they they spread the carries around enough between yeah. the four guys that they're really rotating in now with Jaden Nixon, Ollie Gordon, DeAndre Jackson. I think that they balance things out a little bit. I don't think anybody gets to sixty. I think they'll run the ball effectively yeah. enough to go get the win, though. Okay. Last. Football question in the Stone Cloud Six Pack: True or false? OSU will record a sack. Was it two in four games? Is that right? Yeah, right. yeah. they did not have one in two weeks. I'm gonna go true. Going true? You think they get one this week? You know why? Because it's the least favorite thing that I the sports term for my in my wife's opinion. But they're due. They are <laughs> due for a sack. So I'm going true. I'm uh, I'm agreeing with you as well. Yeah. I guess I should have gone like uh, an over under of 1.5 or something. Maybe <laughs> yeah. to make this a little bit. Um, more difficult, but I'm with you. I think they, I think they come around to it, yeah, and and pull it off. So, 
I think I think this defensive line figures some things out this week. I think they're angry at this point. Right. And I think that's going to really factor into some of this. Yeah. I think they're angry and they're tired of it. And it's going to make a difference. We didn't talk about this, but they've been on the road four out of the last six weeks. Yeah. You're back at home now. You don't have to leave the state of Oklahoma again. And I think they can kind of catch their breath a little bit and, and settle back in. Yeah. I think that that's a big part, not just of the defensive line, mm. the team as a whole. And that's why I think they're going to win this game yeah. on Saturday. All right, moving on to the uh, the draft the, the draft for our last three picks of the Stone Cloud Six Pack. Last week we did um, future sporting events we would like the opportunity to cover. We're going historically, not just cover. We're attending as a fan this time. Attending as a fan. Past sporting events you wish you could have attended, and no favorite teams. So you got your Rangers hat on there. Uh, we're uh, we're we're. Doesn't mean I'm a Rangers fan. <laughs> <laughs> So no Rangers, uh, no Rangers events, no okay. Cowboys events for you. Uh, really? You shrugged off a whole lot of Super Bowls right there. Well, that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, but for me, uh, the 2016 Cubs World Series is out. Uh, uh, the the Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl, and as I mentioned to you, the AFC Championship game would have yeah. actually been my choice when they beat Tom Brady and the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl. But those are all off the table for me. I think it's your turn to go first. It's my turn to go so first, I huh? Will, uh, I will let you have Man. the floor. Okay. I'm trying to think. This is really hard. It is. There's it's a tricky. lot of sporting events. There's a lot of stuff that you could that you could throw out there. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Michael Jordan shot. Against the Jazz? Against the Jazz. Ooh, well played, sir. Because I loved Michael Jordan growing mm-hmm. up and loved mm-hmm. watching the Bulls. Very and nice. that's that pivotal moment that I remember as a kid. So I think I'm going to go the Michael Jordan shot. That's that's strong. That that was on my list. I'll I'll be yeah. honest. That was uh, was very high on my list. My first pick. I'm going with the Carlton Fisk home run. Ooh. In, in Fenway in the that's in the, a good in the one. playoffs. Um, I I'm not even a Red Sox. Yeah. Like I I'm a disliker of the Red Sox. Right. I don't care for them at all. But that moment. The aura around that moment, and I yeah. always loved Carlton Fisk. Uh, I didn't really know him as a Red Sox player; he was a White Sox catcher right. by the time I learned who he was. But I was always fascinated with him um, for whatever reason, and uh, so that would be that would be my top moment in sports That's history good. that I that I would go back to. That's good. Pick number two. Number two. From you. So. There are lots of options, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports from wherever. I'm going to have to go baseball on this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to go with the Babe Ruth calling a shot. Ooh. Hey, I like that. That's good stuff Because right there. that's way back in the day. Right. And you get to see Babe Ruth call a shot and then actually deliver. Right. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. That's big time strong. Yeah. I'm liking your draft way better than mine already <laughs> at this point. That's, I do uh, this on the fly. I'm thinking right. really hard here to pull out some things. Right? Yeah. Um, all right. That's uh, that's really good. Um, You're number my, two. My number two, I'm, I'm stealing one that had I not already banned Rangers <laughs> events would have been on your list. Uh-huh. Um, this, this is a moment that, that – was always special to me because I came home from a baseball game, turned on the TV, and it was at the end of this baseball game. Nolan Ryan's seventh no hitter. Man, I really that was <laughs> that was one of the Ranger bummers for me. I was like, ah, right, because I've watched that game countless times. Yeah, in my life, that's a good one. Yeah, I I don't I was young. Mm. I don't know what what year that would have been, but ninety one, um, ninety one. So. May 1st, 1991. All right. Well, there you go. Now I know what date to put in on the uh, the flux capacitor whenever, I, <laughs> whenever yeah. I go back in time to watch this event. But I don't know why that game was on, uh, if, whether ESPN had just cut in and showed the ninth yeah. inning or what. It was only broadcast in Canada. Right. So it wasn't even broadcast in Arlington. Right. Right. So it was really weird that it was that I, I assume it must have been just a situation where ESPN cut in. Yeah. Showed the last. Might have been only been the last out. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I'm, I'm, we haven't discussed this, so I'm testing my memory here. 
but I'm assuming you're going to know. Roberto Alomar, last out? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. Um, so I've, I've always had an affinity for that particular one. Um, I was really connected to his 5,000th strikeout, but I didn't, Ricky. I didn't watch that. Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Henderson, yeah. That's right. So uh, I, had I, I think Ricky was the last out for the sixth no-hitter. Oh, really? I think. I'd have to look that one up. All right. Could be wrong. Don't hold me to that one. All right. I won't. All right. Very good. Uh, so that's that's my second pick. Number three for you. Number three for me. I'm going to sneak around the favorite team a little bit here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Been in the, so my all-time favorite player is Pudge Rodriguez. So game loophole. six We've of the 2003 World Series when the Marlins beat the Yankees. Okay. Because Pudge wins the World Series. Right. And he's not with the Rangers then. That's right. That's so fair. I'm finding it. Absolutely. It's the one World Series he won. And I remember that night when my grandpa called me, so excited to see Pudge kissing home plate, all this stuff after the win. So that night I actually, like, that's the moment that, like, wish I could have been there. Mm-hmm. That's that's strong. Well played. Yeah. You found the loophole. <laughs> I cannot I cannot take that away yeah. from you. Fun story. And take away my grandpa's memory while you're at it, too. If you want to take it away, <laughs> go for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, would you like to know who told me that the Marlins had won the World Series that night? Who's that? Jerry Seinfeld. Really? Yes. Were you at his live was, show or something? I was at a show at oh. the Civic Center in Oklahoma City. And at the end of his shows back then, he would come out and just answer questions yeah. from the audience. For some reason, somebody said, did the Yankees win tonight? <laughs> and he had been informed, no, that they had not. Wow. So he told me how the yeah. World Series had ended uh, that okay. year, that, that night. Yeah. So anyway, random information yeah. that, I, uh, that I have from watching I almost said the Cubs 2016 just to mess with you, but <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I, I, I figured that might, <laughs> that might be on your list. All right. Uh, my last one. I'm going really off the board with this one. But I've always had a weird fascination with Secretariat. Oh, yeah. So seeing That's Secretariat win the Triple Crown in person yeah. would have been, I think, fascinating to me. To see a horse that was that much better than every other yeah. horse that ever lived would be an That'd incredible That would be awesome. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I still like your draft better than mine, but <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take yeah. my three anyway. It's all right. You win some, you lose some. That's right. <laughs> Well played, sir. All right. Well, with that, we want to remind you, go put your score comment or your score. I always say this wrong every week. Put your score guesses. Predictions. Predictions. That's the word I'm looking Prediction. for. Score predictions <laughs> in the comments. We'll drink a free beer for you next week. And uh, we'll talk to you from our postgame walk and talk from right over here in Boone Pickens, at Boone Pickens Stadium. Yeah, we get to be here this week. It feels nice to be back, uh, back at home for, uh, a for t- us. I'm a little too. road weary. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. With that, thanks to everybody back at the studio for uh, for wrapping this up and putting it out there nicely for us. And thanks to you for watching and listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.